episode 128 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by the Adelphi Racing Club. Adelphi is a racing club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being a part of something bigger than themselves. It's a true community. Adelphi's founding partners have all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates, as well as their own. The The overarching goal of Adelphi is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, but with the thrill of the partnership experience. Adelphi offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to other partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, and other members of the team. Adelphi has very limited remaining shares available and a couple of exciting two-year-old prospects, including a New York bred cult by Red Hot Sire Laubon named Gem Mint 10, who has already shipped into trainer Ray Handel's Belmont Barn. Ray thinks he's forward and should be making the early two-year-old races later this season. And a Taprit Colt, of which I am a part of, named Magistrate, who is currently in training down at Kinsman Farm in Ocala, and will be trained by Christophe Clement. This Colt is bred and built to run all day, and is an exciting prospect for later this summer or fall. Join the Adolphi Racing Club. And now, let's start. The show. Good evening and welcome to the HHH racing podcast i'm your host howard kravitz this is episode 128 thank you very much for joining the show you might notice we got a little bit something new what what's going on up here what, what what's going on up here in the background i'll talk about that in just a minute as we have a little bit of a new display here uh thanks for joining us tonight really appreciate it have a very exciting uh show tonight as the kentucky derby preps are pretty much over except for one race this weekend, the Lexington Stakes at Keeneland. We have lots to talk about from uh, a, a review of the Derby preps. Also talk about some big races at Keeneland tomorrow and Saturday. Please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Now, the subscriptions are going up. I'm very excited. We're very close, very close to 800, uh, creeping closer to 1,000. And when you watch the shows, you notice how many people are watching the show. We have a great number of people watching the show. The viewership has gone up. I'm really excited and thankful for all of you that have watched. But the subscription to viewership ratio is very close, which means there are a lot of you that are watching the show, but not all of you are subscribed. So please hit that subscribe button. Hit that uh, notification bell so you know when new content will arise. Smash that thumbs up button which will tell YouTube this is a great show. You all know you can reach me on Twitter. If you're active on Twitter, please follow me on the name tag there, at hkravitz, and also on the scroll at the bottom of the screen is my email if you'd like to get in contact with me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. So let's first talk a little bit about what's going on right up here. So this, ladies and gentlemen, is a picture. First of all, the picture in the middle, thank you to my friend, uh, Matt Miller, the BCBC champion, who sent me that official picture through uh, track photography at San Anita. That picture, ladies and gentlemen, is Express Train 
beating Warrant by a neck in the Sanita Handicap, the big calf. And the reason why I have that picture now framed is that is the race where I had a large exacta, straight exacta, express train over Warrant. That gave me my second place, my runner-up finish in the big ultimate betting challenge that led to my uh, about approximately $70,000 score in the ultimate betting challenge. So uh, that's a very, uh, that's a great picture for me. Uh, I decided to get it framed. It's a little bit hard to see. Above the picture is a, uh, right here, right there is a plaque. You can't really see it. It says Express Train Over Warrant, March, I believe, 22nd, 2022. I'll have to double check the date. And then right here, that white, that is, I know you really can't see it. That is the final standings of the Ultimate Betting Challenge this year where I finished second. So anyway, uh, that is, I thought that'd be a nice uh, way to improve the uh, background that I have along with my, of course, Alive in the Pick 5 shirt. And by the way, some people ask me, that is my Breeders' Cup uh, ticket from 2022 and Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge. And over there is my Pegasus uh, ticket and Pegasus uh, betting challenge. So just thought it'd be fun to have those up there uh, in the background. Thanks everyone for watching tonight. Really excited. It is just me uh, this evening. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about several things. We're going to hop right to it. Very briefly, of course, you know, you can follow me on, uh, listen to me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor if you choose to go that route. Some of you might be listening to me right now, or not this very moment, but later on uh, this weekend. Of course, you can subscribe to the Race Day blog, all the information, as you know, is below the video player. Just click uh, share more on the uh, bottom below the video player. You can find out about my race day blog. I have a promotion through Bets US. Uh, it's a fantastic promotion. Again, learn more about it below the video player. And, of course, I have a podcast pool, which you cannot join this very moment. But I'll tell you what, uh, you might want to join in May because I hear there's a, some big races in May. And we'll be diving in. And, by the way, I just want to mention this publicly. For the first time, if you are part of the podcast pool in May, and we'll be talking about this later on, we are going to play a group Superfecta in the Derby. That's right. We're going to be putting together a Superfecta bet for the Kentucky Derby. If you want a piece of that, you're going to be one a part of the podcast pool. Again, if you've absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, please email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com, and I'll get information about the podcast pool. We have many people that are going on there. Last but not least, as many of you know, it's getting closer and closer. I'm getting more excited every day. I will be live on TVG. I do not know what time yet, but I'll be live on TVG a week from this Sunday. Again, a week from this Sunday, April 24th. I believe I'll be with Todd Trump. Might be with Mike Joyce also. I'm not sure, but I'll be on set live at TVG on Sunday, the 24th, a week from this Sunday. I'm flying down there uh, Friday. And then Saturday is the grade one gamble. It's a big, important live money contest that I'll be playing also Saturday, the 23rd. But my TV appearance will be on the 24th again. When I have more details, I'll be sending that out through email and through Twitter. So hopefully you are on my email list or you follow me on Twitter. If you are not on my uh, the HHH Racing Podcast email list, where I just send out general information and you'd like to be on the email list, please email me. Again, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. The spelling is on the scroll there at the bottom of the screen, and uh, I will put you on the email list. So again, 
really excited to be on uh, making my national TV debut. Uh, let's see who is watching live quick before we get into it. Uh, Trish is here. Uh, Trish, Trish, thanks for joining the show. Uh, yeah, Bob's away. One of the early pick five pay, uh, or late pick five yesterday. I think Trish paid 326000 or some craziness. Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, by the way, Trish, as you know, I'll be down there, so we'll we'll, we'll talk. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to uh, uh, see you down in Lexington. Uh, but it's been crazy, for sure. Uh, Christine is here. Christine, thank you very much. Really appreciate your comments and joining the show. Again, if you are, uh, of course, watching this live, pre please make sure you join us in the live chat. We have a lot of people uh, watching. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a bunch of things to talk about. Let's jump right in to our topics for today. The first thing I'd like to do is we are going to uh, very briefly talk about the Kentucky Derby preps. Now, the preps are pretty much over, as I said, except for the uh, Lexington Stakes, which is the Saturday. What I'd like to show you first is my top four Kentucky Derby prep races. These are the top four races. We're going to go in reverse order reverse order from the least impressive to the most impressive, but they're all impressive. These are my top four. And we're actually going to show the stretch run of these races with sound. And I'll talk very briefly about each one, and then we'll get into our handicapping. Um, before I talk about these Kentucky Derby preps, let me just uh, say this. I'm going to go ahead and take the banner here or the scroll off the bottom of the screen. Uh, everyone and their mother is going to have pictures of the Kentucky Derby. There are a lot of uh, people out there that are going to uh, tell you about the Kentucky Derby preps and their opinions and their etc. Let me just put this out there for everyone. I've learned many, many years ago that there is definitely such a thing as paralysis by analysis. So what that means, if you're not familiar, listen, you can't listen to 25, 30 different people. Everyone's going to have an opinion on the Kentucky Derby. We're still several weeks away. I've not honed in on my file selections. I have to watch the workouts at Churchill. I've got to see the post position draw. There's a lot to work out. I have watched a lot of Kentucky Derby prep races, obviously. I was watching them before I started this podcast a year and a half ago. I have strong opinions as of now, but I have no final opinions. Here's my one piece of advice for everyone. Pick two or three people or podcasts at the most that you trust, that you listen to, and go with those opinions along, of course, with your own. I'm hoping, obviously, that you believe in myself and the HHH Racing Podcast and the opinions I give and the guests we bring on and the opinions you're going to get on this show are going to be good, have been good, will be good going forward. Um, last year in the Kentucky Derby on this show, we had four of the top five finishers. We did not have Medina Spirit. A lot of people didn't like Medina Spirit last year. But we loved uh, Obesos as a long shot, finished fifth. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, again, we had all the essential quality. Mandaloon. We we were fantastic on this show. We just didn't have a Dina Spirit. Um, and we also had the Oaks winner as well last year. So, again, hopefully you'll uh, watch all of the coverage. We're going to have a ton of coverage, by the way, for the Kentucky Derby preps all the week of the Kentucky Derby, talking about every single horse in the field. Uh, guests, workouts, etc. It's going to be great. All right, let's get into my opinions of the Kentucky Derby preps. The first thing we're going to show is number four. Again, we're going reverse order. This is the fourth 
best Kentucky Derby prep, in my opinion, as we're going to go ahead and bring it up right now. In my opinion, it was the Florida Derby. Uh, this The Florida Derby was my opinion of the fourth best Kentucky Derby prep. Pete Aiello with the call of the end of the Florida Derby. With a quarter of a mile left to go. Now at the top of the stretch, simplification, bracing for an oncoming White of Barrio. Papa Cap is very game between horses, and Charge It swings into action on the far outside. There's an eighth of a mile to go. White of Barrio takes over from simplification. Charge It with a late say down the center. 16th to run. White of Barrio almost home. Charge It shifts ground. White of Barrio still there. And White of Barrio wins the Florida Derby for Safi Joseph Jr. All right, so there was the uh, there was the end. Sorry about that. There was the end of the Florida Derby. My fourth choice for best Derby prep, won by White Abario Savvy Joseph. We watched that live here on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, charge it a a good second, a, a goofy. He was very green in the stretch. We talked about its implication was third. My opinion of the third best derby prep we're gonna go out to new york for the wood memorial i'm gonna go ahead and share the screen the winner of this race of course as most of you know was mo donegal winning this race oh we got a little bit of an issue here sorry about that let's well a little technical difficulty here let's try that again let's try that again uh, i think we'll be okay once we start it this is mo donegal uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stop sharing. Sorry about that. Let's try one more time, folks. Welcome to live uh, podcast viewing here. All right, this should be working okay. Here's the Wood Memorial and John Umbrial with the call. and forth and now Mo Donegal begins to pick it up. Mo Donegal is gaining ground towards the inside. Morello is now up to sixth but with an awful lot to do as they hit the top of the stretch. Three quarters went in 111 and two. It is early voting trying to take them wire to wire here. Early voting in front. Mo Donegal comes on through down on the inside to grab second. It is early voting in front. A challenge here from Mo Donegal. Early voting trying to hold on with the 16th of the finish. Mo Donegal bearing down on the outside it's Mo Donico at early voting, and it is Mo Donico. Mo Donico won the race. There is Mo Donico with a what a fantastic ride, saving ground, angling, tipping out. Mo Donico winning in a very fast time, by the way, over early voting. That is my third best Derby prep, in my opinion. Uh, coming in at number two, we are going to go out. To California for the 2022 Santa Anita Derby. My uh, second best derby prep, in my opinion, as we bring this up. Of course, Taiba in his second lifetime start. How impressive with this. Winning the Santa Anita Derby, uh, Frank Maramati on the call. As they come toward the quarter pole. Armagnac fourth and Messier has taken the lead at the quarter pole and quickly pulls away from Forbidden Kingdom. 
Tabor running a giant race on the outside, three sixteenths of a mile to run, and it's Messier and Tabor one two. Forbidden Kingdom five behind inside the eighth pole. Messier, Tabor running lights out on the outside, and here's Tabor getting the upper hand in the final stages. The run happy Santa Anita Derby goes to Tabor under Mike Smith. That was. Take that off the screen there. Sorry about that. That was uh, Taba there winning. Wow, was that impressive? Taba winning the Santa Anita Derby and only his second lifetime start. Ridiculous. My best Derby prep of the 2022 season. We're going to go down to fairgrounds, ladies and gentlemen. And for not their main Derby prep or the one before that, we're going to go to the Risen Star Stakes is my number one. Derby prep race of the season. Let's watch Epicenter win the Ridden Star Stakes with Smile Happy and Zandon also in this race. John G. Dooley on the call. Around the far turn, it's Epicenter's lead in front of Pioneer of Medina with it the inside Papa Cap as they come toward the top of the stretch. Slow Dan Andy on the far outside. Bodoc and Zandon starts to unwind. Zandon coming with a wide bid for Jose Ortiz as they straighten past the quarter pole. Three quarters in one minute 12. Put 25 seconds. It's Epicenter coming down to this final. Fairgrounds furlong. Epicenter looking to finish them off from a charging Zandon. Pioneer of Medina between horses. Smile Happy runs on toward the rail, but they're close to home and it's Epicenter. Epicenter for Joel Rosario. Epicenter decisively in the Risen Star State. Very impressive. Epicenter, the points leader right now. We're going to show that here in just a minute. Winning the Risen Star. I said at the time it was the strongest in Kentucky, a Kentucky Derby prep. I still feel that way. I still think that was the best Kentucky uh, Derby prep. We have a few people uh, chiming in about what they saw. Uh, we have uh, Tanya is a big Epicenter fan. Uh, Team Bitcoin likes Taiba or Taba. Uh, hard not to like this horse. Um, let me shout out. I knew he would jump in here. Jim Pilars. Shout out to Jim, who's been on this show as a guest. He's also uh, he, he's a big viewer of the show from Buffalo. Um, he's got 18 to 1 on Taiba. Um, he, he talked to me about Taiba off the record, away from the show after his first race. I mean, Taiba was super impressive. I did not think he'd win the San Anita Derby. Um, this is a complete freakazoid. Uh, he is really talented. So um, I've said on the show uh, several times, full disclosure, um, I have a small future bet on Epicenter at 24 to 1. I have a $50 future on Epicenter 24 to 1. I'll be happy to take uh, 1200 bucks. And I did a last second little $25 future on Zandon. I got 18 to 1. Zandon was 18 to 1 in pool 5, the very last uh, Kentucky Derby prep pool last week. If you recall, that pool closed before the races happened uh, last week. I wish I had Zandon at 80 to 1 like I meant to in January. But I screwed up because I just flat out forgot to make a bet on him. Anyway, uh, so those are my little futures. I've got nothing uh, life-changing, but it'd be nice to get uh, Epicenter home. Uh, that is my top future bet. Let's take a look very quickly, folks, at the Kentucky Derby standings 
point standings as we speak right now. Now, this is not final yet because there is the Lexington stakes tomorrow. So let's take a look, and I'll just very quickly give some opinions. We're not going to talk about every single horse. We got plenty and plenty of time to talk about the Derby. Right now, my top two picks for the Derby are the top two on the screen. I'm not sure of the order yet. I love Zandon. I love Eppensetter. I like both of them. I think they're both excellent. Those would be my top two. I'm slightly against Mo Donegal. I'm going to make this a little bit bigger. Uh, I'm slightly against Mo Donegal. Again, we have plenty of time to talk about why I feel that way. He's very talented. Um, I'm just not sure how he's going to fare in the Derby. Again, we'll talk about that uh, in the weeks to come. There's no one else on this list until we get to Taiba or Taba. Taba is just very talented. There's only a two lifetime starts, but if you want to say who's the most talented horse in the field, it would be hard for me to argue that, that Taba is not the most talented horse uh, in the field. I'm a little down on Smile Happy right now. Again, we'll talk about him later on. Uh, the next horse I'd be interested a little bit, at least, again, when I say interested, I'm talking about on the win end, uh, would be Messier. I thought he ran very well. I know Table went right by him in the Derby, but, uh, the San Anita Derby, but I thought Messier did a lot of the dirty work, chasing after Forbidden Kingdom, and then still running on well. Um, and the last horse I'd be slightly interested in on top would be Charge It. I talked about Charge It, who is in the race right now, who ran second in the floor Derby, although he was very green. There are many other horses on this list that I'm not interested at, uh, on at all on the win end. Again, on the win end. Uh, but we have plenty of time to talk about these horses. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, there's no clear-cut you know, standout horse in this year's uh, Kentucky Derby. I think it's pretty wide open. Although I think there are some horses on the top end. Specifically, Epicenter, Zandon, and Taiba. I think there's an excellent chance one of those three is going to win the Derby. Would I be surprised if someone else wins the Derby other than those three? No. But in my opinion, I'd give it a, I'll just throw a number out there. I don't know, 40, 50% chance in my opinion, in my opinion, that either Zan, Taba, or Epicenter is going to win the Kentucky Derby. Those are my sort of top three choices right now. Not overly creative, but I think those are the top three horses. Um, Paul Halloran's here. Paul thinks Table could be a superstar. Uh, he will be over bet. He, he's going to be he's going to be an underlay in the Derby, Paul. There's no question about it. Um, I think he's going to be. I, I think he's going to be third choice. It's hard for me to believe right now, Paul, that Taba is going to be lower odds than Epicenter or Zandon in the Derby pool. It's going to be fascinating to see. But again. There's a lot of time, folks. There's going to be defections. I have to see. We have to see workouts. The post draw is going to be huge. It always is. Again, plenty of time to talk about all of that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on the handicapping portion of the show. We're going to be doing two things today. We're going to briefly talk about a great race tomorrow at Keelan. It's the Maker's Mark Mile. It's a grade one, a mile on the turf. It's a fantastic race. And then we're going to dive into late pick five on Saturday at Keelan. So, Grab your paper, grab your pencil, grab your recorder. Uh, here we go. Let's write a rock and roll. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to uh, talk about the Maker's Mark Mile tomorrow. As I share my screen here, let me go ahead and put my banner up for my pick. The Maker's Mark Mile tomorrow is very fun, difficult race. I'm going to scroll down the field very quickly. 
There are a lot of horses coming off layoffs, so it's a very, very tricky race tomorrow. You've got uh, two horses for Apollo Lobo. you got the one in love coming off a layoff. You have Cheryl Spite, big price 50 to 1, who won the Tampa Bay last time. Atone, 12 to 1, has raced very well lately in a grade 1 and a grade 2. Uh, Masson, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, a nice horse for Chad Brown, first time in the U.S. for Judmont and Flavian Pratt, 5 to 1. Ivar, the other horse for Paul Lobo, coming off a layoff, 6 to 1. Smooth like straight, the morning line favorite, just missed uh, in the Breeders' Cup mile last uh, fall at Del Mar to Space Blues. He's back, 2 to 1 morning line. Count again, a horse that I loved last time. Was huge for me when he won the Freight Killer Mile in terms of finishing runner-up in the Ultimate Betting Challenge. Got a buyer top of 103 in that race. He's running tomorrow. Some like at Hot Brown, a very nice, honest speed horse for Maker, who's got two in here, uh, 12 to 1. Set Piece, a very good closer for Brad Cox. Drew, he's coming off a layoff. Mirror Mission. One with a buyer top at Gulfstream last time in a grade three. And then Public Sector, who from what I understand, according to Chad Brown, I heard him on the Steve Bick show a few days ago, is 50-50 on running Public Sector. He knows it's a very tough race. He doesn't love the post. Uh, public Sector, if he runs eight to one in this race. Uh, there is enough early speed in this race. Yeah, to me... In my opinion, you got to go price shopping a little bit. I'm going to put myself on the bottom of the screen here. It, I, I think you have to go price shopping this race. There's just a lot of horses coming off layoffs. You don't know how they're going to react. The turf has been listed good uh, last weekend and today. They've gotten quite a bit of rain um, in Lexington. It's going to be dry the next three days. Would not be shocked if the turf is not firm tomorrow or close to firm. I would say Saturday and Sunday will be firm at Keelan tomorrow as it's going to be warming up and sunny the next several days. Um, I'm going with a price here. There's a few things I like about a tone. It's a bit of a guess. You could say it's a bit of a reach. I wouldn't, uh, you know, blame you for suggesting that to me. Uh, he's run 97.98 buyers. Absolutely fits in this race. Maybe a few buyer points below some others. Fine. Maybe he's a half length to a length at most off of the top horse in this race. But there's two things I like about, actually several things I like about Atone. First of all, he's got recency. A lot of these horses are coming off layoffs. Atone is not. He ran very well two back going mile and eighth against Dosewell, who got loose on the lead. It was a nice horse. Uh, and then he faced Colonel Liam and only lost by a length and three quarters uh, to Colonel Liam. Uh, in the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational Grade 1. He's got blinkers on. He has some tactical speed. I love Tyler Gaffleone. He figures to get a good trip. I think he's got a big shot. Uh, he's going to be a price. Again, I cannot take a low price in this race. Is he as talented as some others? Maybe not. But again, he's he's got blinkers on. He's very honest. He's got numbers that fit. He's got Gaffleone. He's going to be a price. Why not? Give me your opinion in the live chat. What do you think of Atone's chances in this race? I think he's got a big shot, and I think I'm going to get a price. My second choice in this race is smooth like straight. Like I said, there is there some other speed in this race. All this guy does is run well. I mean, it's ridiculous. 19 lifetime starts, 
16 in the money. How is he going to be off the layoff? I'm not so sure. Um, he's run perfectly fine off the layoff. I'm sure McCarthy's got him ready, but there's other speed in the race. I would never, ever, ever bet him to win at anything less than three to one, frankly. And he might be that two to one or five to two. Uh, very nice horse. I've got him in second and in third. I have a horse, another horse coming off a layoff, Ivar. I've always been a fan of this horse. You see just 100 buyers all over the place. He's been working perfectly fine. Talamo knows him best. He's one of the best closers in the race, if not the best closer. He's a six-year-old coming off a layoff. Uh, you have to make some decisions here on what you think about these horses. Excuse me, a little uh, dry mouth here. You know, what do you want to do these horses off the layoff? Um, there are a lot of horses coming off layoffs in this race. The last horse I'm going to mention, I don't have him in my top three there. I've always been a fan of something like a hot brown. Um, if for some reason smooth like straight is not at his best or doesn't break well, uh, something like a hot brown should not be underrated for Jose Ortiz at 12 to 1. Um, I just want to throw that name out there. Might be better a mile than a mile and 16th, but he always runs well. I do also want to talk about very quickly about this horse, the four Mason or Masson for Chad Brown. Uh, again, Chad Brown was on the Steve Vick show. I heard him there. Masson is not a big horse, and he's also shown speed. This horse has some early speed. Now, early speed in Europe is not the same as early speed here in the United States, but this is not like a dead closer. If the four Masson breaks, expect Flavian to have him relatively up close to the pace. Um, He's been in sort of listed stakes. He's not been like major stakes. I'm going to be a bit against this horse on Saturday. Chad said in the interview again with Steve Bick that this is not the kind of move he likes to make, throwing a horse just straight into a grade one off a layoff from uh, Europe. Um, I think the horse is very talented. It's Chad Brown. I'm not, he is not going to be an A. I repeat, he would not be an A for me. I'd probably use him as a B. In this race, he can win. I sort of want to see one. I'm not exactly sure where he fits class-wise in this race. That is the Maker's Mark Miles fantastic race. I'm going 3-6-5 in the Maker's Mark Mile. It is race 9 tomorrow. It's approximately 5-15 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, let's see. We have got a few comments uh, and questions here. Um... Jim likes Ivar, doesn't fire great off the layoff. Jim, I think he's been okay off the layoff. I'm just looking quickly. I mean, he ran a 100 buyer last year off the layoff one time. Then he ran a 97 buyer. Um, okay, if you want to say maybe he's not at his best off the layoff, I'm not going to argue with him, Jim. But I think he's pretty good. Uh, Trish is a big fan of uh, Paul Lobo. He's using that tandem in love. Or excuse me, she's living... She is using uh, that tandem of uh, In Love and Ibar and Smooth Like Straight. Um, yeah, I think I think I think it's someone's got a shot, Trish. I mean, it, does he have a big chance to win? You know, why not? He fits. I, I mentioned I, I'm using him. Uh, Tone is gonna be an A for me. I'm gonna try to get a price, and I'm gonna use him across the board in my tries. It's a very tough race. Uh, I think a tone is interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow with a tone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the late pick five 
on Saturday. Now, if you are part of the podcast pool, I just want to let you know, and this is for sure, I've already made my decision. Um, the main and only bet, literally only bet in the podcast pool, pick five Saturday, uh, in, in the podcast pool Saturday is going to be this late pick five at Keeneland. We're going to try to crush it. We're going to try to pound it. If you're part of the podcast pool, uh, that is going to be our play. Um, so, uh, I love the sequence. There's a lot of things I like about some of the horses in the sequence. The weather is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be fast and firm. Uh, we're going to try to crush it. So let's get right into it right now, folks. Into the late pick five Saturday at Keeneland. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the uh, Aquabase here. Let me go ahead and share my screen here. Whoops. There we go. Let's go full screen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the pick five on Saturday, as I go ahead and bring up my banners too, there we go. The pick five on Saturday starts in race seven at Keeneland. It's approximately uh, 3.12 Eastern Standard Time, excuse me, 4.12, correct, 4.12, you can see right there, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and there are some uh, nice allowance races and some nice, Stakes races in the sequence. The first race, race seven, is seven furlongs on the dirt. It's allowance optional. Uh, Four-year-olds, you can see number one, 10,000 twice other than main claiming or starter or an N3X. Uh, you can see the purse. It's fantastic. It's ridiculous. By the way, the optional claiming is 62500 It's a $120,000 purse. And there's the field you can see right there. We do not have... Actually, let me refresh this. I don't know if we have morning lines. We do have morning lines. There we go. I knew we would. There are the morning lines. And honestly, folks, these are literally the first time I've seen the morning lines. Uh, the morning lines just came out probably a few hours ago. I have not seen the morning lines for the handicapping or anywhere. So these are the first time I'm seeing the morning lines. Injunction, the number six, is the two-to-one morning line favorite. Let's get into the first race and as you can see I am going with the morning line favorite injunction two to one uh, this horse let me make this screen a little bit bigger here there we go um, injunction is very fast he's the fastest early he's in really nice form he ran into a complete buzzsaw last time in speaker's corner uh, and fearless is a nice horse too that was a loaded uh, Gulfstream Park mile if he breaks, I think he's going to be up close somewhere. I don't think he has to have the lead, but he's in very good form. He's got Bayerano. I'm not discouraged by that at all. Bayerano's ridden him before. He's been working fine. He is no slam dunk in this race at all, but he is my top pick in Junction. My second choice, let's see what odds we got here. Uh, not bad. My second choice is Candy Tycoon. This is a horse that was formerly trained by Pletcher, and I don't know if it was Pletcher or Norm Cassie or whatever, but since Norm Cassie has taken over, uh, Candy Tycoon's been very good. He is off a little bit of a layoff. Um, he did not run very well last time at Oaklawn in an allowance race. I think he's going to be better actually going to seven furlong in one turn. He's got tactical speed. He ran very well several starts in a row until that last race when he probably just needed a break. Take a look at the workouts here for Norm Cassie. 59, 59, 
uh, minute and one breezing. He's feeling well. I think he's going to stock off the speed and maybe win at a price for Luis Saez, who's a bit cold right now at Keeneland. He's only three for his first 25, but uh, I'm not sure he's getting the same stock that he got at Gulfstream Park. Candy Tycoon is my second choice. My third choice, a bit of a price here, uh, the ride of a lifetime. There are some closers in this race. One of them that I do like is the ride of a lifetime is coming off a layoff. Um, but I think he's going to close. There's a lot of speed in this race. I think the trainer is underrated. If this race falls apart a little bit, I like the ride of a lifetime. Uh, there are several horses coming out of a race that I just want to mention. I believe this is – no, actually, it's me coming up later. Sorry, this is not the race. Um, I don't understand the 5-1 to morning line, by the way, on the 8. Um, I don't know if he can run on, on dirt. I mean, his best numbers have been on the poly. If he can run a 90 on the dirt, he's got a big shot. I'm dubious. I need to see it. He looks like he's much better on the poly right now, unless he's just improving. So, I don't know. The last horse I'm going to mention quickly, I'm a bit interested in Basquiat. We'll be using that for Peter Brandt. Again, he looks very slow, but there is speed in this race. There are not a lot of horses that can close. This horse looks like he can close. I think he's improving. Maybe he's more of an underneath horse, but I wouldn't completely throw out Basquiat. But my two main horses in this race are going to be the six Injunction and the four Candy Tycoon in the first leg of the pick five. Let's go on to the next leg of the pick five. That's going to be race eight at Keeneland. This is one of the uh, stakes they have in the sequence. It's the Giants Causeway Stakes. It's five and a half furlongs for the girls on the turf. And you can see the field here. It is a 12-horse field. Actually, we can't get all 12 on. There's the first uh, 10 horses you can see on the screen right now. And then you have also some horses on the bottom here including some also eligibles. It's a big field. Excuse me. It's a field of 14. So it's a huge field. The morning line favorite is the Wesley Ward train number three, Campanelle, with Irad Ortiz. Uh, and you can see in my picks there on the screen, I do not have Campanelle in my top three. Uh, let's go ahead on to race eight, and we'll talk about the PPs. Again, any comments, feel free to put them uh, in the chat, I'd love to hear from them. Um, I see Paul in the chat has Zandon at 22 to 1. That's awesome. Uh, Paul, you and I are, are going to be happy if Zandon wins for sure. Uh, I have some pretty strong opinions about this race. Let, let's talk about it. First, there's a race that we need to discuss. And it's the race that change of control, my top pick, is coming out of. There's three horses coming out of the same race this March 1st race at the fairgrounds, which you see on the top of the page for change of control. LZ, who is the 12 on Saturday, change of control, who you can see is the five on Saturday, and going good, who I'm going to scroll down, going good, the 11 on Saturday, are all coming out of the same race at the fairgrounds. And I want to show that replay. So let me take the banner off the screen. We're going to show this replay. Now, this replay, uh, what you're going to see here is LZ, who, again, is the 12 on Saturday, is the four in this race. LZ is the four. Change of control is the five in this race. 
And going good is the eight in this race. So again, you're going to want to watch the four, five, and eight. What you're going to see is the four is going to break on top as she usually does. The five change of control gets a horrible start, which you're going to see. And the eight also doesn't get the greatest start, but moves up in the outside. We're going to watch the race in its entirety without the sound. So what you're going to see here, again, the five usually breaks very well. But you see right there, an awful. The five's already lost, what, a length and a half at the very start. And the five is usually more of a speed kind of stocky horse. And you can see already where the five, look how far back. We'll just freeze it right here. The four is about to move up right here. You can see the five is a good, I would say, three lengths already off where he wants to be. And here's the eight on the outside. As we go and roll it through, you're going to see LZ there in the sort of the pink, the four, take the lead. You're going to see going good here in the teal, or not the teal, sort of the lime green moving up. And you see uh, chain control way back from where she usually wants to be. Well, again, let's go ahead and roll through a little bit. This is a pretty quick race. Um, again, LZ doing what she does, going good off a big layoff, by the way, getting a very good trip. And you see change of control, starting to make her move, but again, much further back than she wants to be um, in about the two path. And you're going to see she sort of gets swung out a little bit wider. Uh, and there you see, you see the one sort of steady, I don't know if you saw that there. Let me go back a little bit because every little trip, especially in a turf sprint, every little bit, watch, watch what happens to the one and subsequently Watch happens to change the control right here, right there. The one sort of steadied and pushed the five and lost his balance a little bit out further. So uh, the five right here, change of control, who ended up not running great in this race, but I think had a lot of excuses. Again, here's LZ. Here's going good. Here's change of control now, getting to the outside, making a little bit of a move, but already had a ton of trouble, as you can see, didn't break. Sort of got spun out, lost his balance. Change of control loses by, you know, what, four lengths there? I mean, on the surface, not a great effort. I get it. But I think certainly some excuses to make uh, for that horse. Let me go ahead and bring the PPs back on screen. Certainly, I think some excuses uh, for going good. For going good right there. Excuse me, not for going good for a change of control. Excuse me. So I'm going with change of control on top. If you look at her races, I mean, look at her races before. 99, 93, 99, I mean, 97, 99 last year. She fits, uh, you know, she she got 99, two starts back. Uh, did lose to LZ, though. Just want to mention that. Um, I think there's more pace in this race. LZ has to come all the way from the 12 hole this time. And I don't think she's getting an, an easy lead in this race. So I'm a bit against LZ. Obviously, she can win. I My top choice is the five chain of control. Uh, a horse I'm interested at a price is the number six, Jouster. This is a horse that, uh, frankly, I've been against many times that she's run. My angle here uh, on Jouster is I think she's really going to like the turn back. There are a bunch of horses in here I don't like. This is a fresh face who's been going long. My gut feeling tells me she's going to love this distance. I don't have any, you know, great uh, opinion as to why, other than she just gets short going long. Um, she's got sort of a, sm a smaller stride. 
She's got Flavian and Todd Pletcher at 12 to 1 morning line. She's going to have to improve. I'm very interested to see what Jouster does. I don't think we're getting that 12 to 1. I think Jouster is going to be more like 8 to 1, frankly. I'm interested in her in this race. And then the 11, going good, who you saw there in the line colors, just missing the LZ. That was her first start uh, since uh, August of last year. So she was off quite a long layoff there, ladies and gentlemen. And now uh, this is her second start off the layoff since last August. I think she's improving for Brad Cox. I think uh, going good has a very big shot in this race. I'm using I'm using LZ, obviously. I mean, she could win. I'm just going to be a little bit against her on Saturday. Now, you might be wondering about, what about Campanelle, who's the morning line favorite? Let me just show you Campanelle here. <clears throat> you know, she ran overseas. Uh, Wesley Ward's run her twice. Actually, uh, excuse me, four times over in Europe. I mean, she, Wesley Ward's always thought very highly of this horse. But the bottom of line, the bottom line is she's never really run that fast here in the States. 80, 82, 83. Maybe she's going to be better now as a four-year-old. Maybe she's going to be better with blinkers off, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. There's just something about her rubs me the wrong way. Um, you can see last time, by the way, she ran a key. And look who she lost to. She lost to change of control. So she can win. I'm using her. She's not my favorite horse here in this race, and she's definitely not my favorite horse at 5-2. to two. But the way Wesley Ward has been right now, you know, you could argue that it's silly to go against uh, him. That's fine. Um, I'm, I'm going to be searching for some prices a little bit in this race. I'm a little bit against the morning line favorite. Uh, tell me what you think there. We've got some uh, comments. People want to chime in. Let's see what let's say. Uh, Ralph, Ralph, thanks for joining the show. He likes turnbacks on dirt. Better than the grass. Uh, Ralph, I'm going to put you on screen here. I'll put myself on screen. Ralph, I think that is an excellent, excellent comment. I really think it's an excellent comment. I agree with you, Ralph. I actually do agree with you on that. I do like turnbacks better on the dirt than the turf. My one exception would be turf horses going a mile to six and a half on the hill. I love that angled San Nita for the turnback. I do agree with you. There's just a lot, bunch of horses in this race that I'm not huge fans of. I'm going price shopping. Like I said, Ralph, I could be wrong about Jouster. I'm throwing him in there. When Flavian Pratt is riding for Pletcher, uh, my ears go bing. <laughs> I find that a bit interesting. Uh, Trish also agrees with Jouster. All right, let's move on to race three of the sequence as I go ahead and Switch some banners here. Let me take the banner off the screen and let's go to race nine. Again, thanks for watching uh, the HHH Racing Podcast or listening if you're listening on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor. We're going through the late pick five on Saturday at Keeneland, episode 128 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Race nine is the last derby prep of the derby prep season. It is the Stone Street Lexington Stakes. I believe the point totals are 20, 10, and 5 for the top three. Again, I believe it's 20 points, 10 points, and 5. This could affect who's going to the derby. Um, I don't like. I don't think anyone in this race will have an effect on the derby if they go, but this could knock some people off the derby um, 
top 20. Uh, you can see it's a grade three. It's a mile and a 16th. It is a big field of 11. And there it is. You can see on the screen. Uh, the morning line favorite right now, which <laughs> uh, I, I can't say how much I disagree with this. I have a very dry mouth tonight. I've been doing a lot of talking and teaching lately. So bear with, bear with me with the water here. Uh, Tawny Port. Uh, for Giroux and Cox, obviously it's a fantastic duo. They are five to two morning line. Second choice is the number two in due time for Paco and Kelly Breen. Let me go to race nine and let me show you who I like in this race. There we go. My top choice in this race, and I've got to say my top choice by... A significant amount. I think in due time is clearly, clearly the horse to beat. Uh, what If he was 3-1, to one, I might even put a win bet on him. He doesn't tower over this field, but I think he is the best horse in this race. He's run two low 90s buyers at Gulfstream. He's got tactical speed in the Fountain of Youth. Now, if you don't remember the Fountain of Youth, let's go ahead and watch uh, – you know, this race, not going to watch the whole thing. In due time is the four. Now, a lot of people were disappointed that in due time, uh, that there was no inquiry on him and that he didn't get DQ'd. Again, this is where there's going to be a spill. We're not going to see the spill. In due time is right here in the yellow and re the red silks, the yellow Paco Lopez. He was getting a pretty good trip. What's going to happen here, if you don't remember, is if you watch carefully, many people thought he comes over and causes the spill, although there's no inquiry. You can see when he splits here, right about right there, looked like he came over to the path. And again, the video jumps so that we don't need to see. Let me take myself off screen. The, the video jumps so we don't need to see the spill. Uh, in due time is right here, there. In, and he runs on. He has to study an angle out across some simplification who got the jump. But you can see once he angles out, he does run on. He ran on for a good second against Simplification, who's a nice horse. So in due time, he got a good trip, but he did run well in what was really a much tougher field, much tougher field, the one he's facing uh, on Saturday. So he's got a good post. He's been working well. I think in due time's a nice horse. Uh, I've got him on top. To me, he's clearly the best horse. A horse I'm going to throw in here. There's a lot of horses in this field. I'm going to put myself on back screen. There's a lot of horses in this field I flat out don't like. Um, and, and actually, let me go full screen for a second. There are many horses in this race, ladies and gentlemen, that are coming off very short layoffs. They're coming off of quick turnarounds just to get into the derby. I hate, hate that angle. I do not like horses going coming back on quick turnarounds for that reason just to try to get points to go to the Derby. You cannot tell me they're fully cranked for this race. I, I'm just going to disagree with you on that. Um, so I'm against many horses coming off of short layoffs. That's one of the reasons why I'm interested in this next horse I'm going to talk about. Again, tell me what you think um, in the live chat. There's horses that have good numbers that I'm not using in my top three. I don't like these quick turnarounds. I don't think they're jacked up for this race. I don't think they're, they're primed for this effort. Let me go ahead and, and go back to uh, 
uh, the, the PPs. We all see it. I, I don't know if this horse is that good, but there's two things I like. Actually, three things. Number one, I like the price. He's going to be a big price. He's 51 more lane. Number two, he just improved greatly to a 91 buyer, by far his best buyer of his career. Now, many people would say, Howard, he just got a buyer top. You shouldn't use him. He's going to regress. Maybe, but there's a few things. He cost a quarter million dollars. He was very well meant. And I think the one thing that I like most about this horse, I really like this work. Now, I did not see this work. I got to take myself off screen. Sorry. There we go. I did not see this work. I don't have intel on the work. It's on the bottom left. I don't know if you guys can see it there. A, a minute breezing work out of third out of 44 at Keeneland. He's been training at Keeneland. He feels good. He's improving. He's going to be a price. There's a lot of other horses I don't like. I am fascinated to see how we all see it does on Saturday. Uh, if he wins or he's in the money at a big price, then uh, I'm one of the first people that told you so. He also could be way out of the money and be horrible. Um, he's definitely a yin-yang kind of horse. Uh, he could go either way with him. I'm interested in we all see it. I, I, I think um, if he can run back to his last race, why not? Why can't he be in the money? I'm interested. Uh, my third choice in this race is call me midnight. Now, you might say, Howard, you're going to, you're being, uh, uh, you're going against what you just said before. I thought you just said you don't like horses coming off a short layoff. Well, a few things. This is not as short. <clears throat> some, some horses raced uh, two weeks ago. It's been three weeks for Call Me Midnight. I think that actually week can make a difference, number one. Number two, Call Me Midnight had a break. He didn't race from January 22nd to March 26th, so he's been off two months, so he's a little bit fresher, and the bottom line is he's been facing some very good horses in terms of Smile Happy, Classic Causeway, White Abario, Epicenter, Zozos. He's been facing very good horses, and he's the best closer in the race. I do not like Call Me Midnight on top, but he absolutely classes up. There's enough early speed. I think he's a player in this race. I just don't love him on top. Call Me Midnight is going to be my third choice in this race. Horses that I don't like, very quickly. Tawny Port. Listen, I, maybe he's going to run a big race on Saturday. He ran a real nice race against Tis the Bomb. That was on the poly track. In fact, three of his four races have been on poly track. I'm sure he can run on dirt perfectly fine. I mean, he ran the Risen Star, but, you know, and he ran okay. To me, I, I think he's more of a, a poly horse, and he's running back quickly. I love Cox. I love Drew. I'm using the nine defensively. He's not my cup of tea in this race, and he's going to be bet. Um, another horse that I'm using very defensively, I don't like, Major General. Last year, he won two very slow races in terms of the buyers, comparatively speaking. Now, last time he stumbled, had a troubled um, – a trip and start, no question about it. Um, I don't know how talented this horse is. I'm sure they're going to send. He's got eye red. He's got blinkers on. But, you know, truthfully, a lot of the Todd Pletcher horses have disappointed this spring. I don't want to throw too much shade. This is not command performance hate, by the way. But if you've been following races carefully, Todd Pletcher has been a bit 
disappointing with some of his horses coming off layoffs, including some of his three-year-olds. I like charge it. Major General's got to prove it to me. Am I using him defensively? Yes. Do I love him? No. At four to one? No way in hell. That's crazy to me. What has Major General done? What has he done to deserve to be four to one? Absolutely nothing, in my opinion. He's done nothing to deserve to be four to one. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I'm using him very defensively. Uh, that's my take of the Lexington. Um, I don't know if there's any other horses that we want to mention here. A thorough roads in this race who ran at Oaklawn. He's the one that two back that should have won and lost to Unoho. He's not getting any better. At, he's running in the 80s. Um, so anyway, I know I, I know there are some um, pin, people who think Midnight Chrome is a bit interesting and sneaky. Um, I guess they're looking at the, the Remsen um, from last year. I don't know. He's not the worst long shot. I, I think he's slow, but maybe he can stop up and improve and be in the money. I'm going 2-3-11. I think in due time is clearly the best horse, and I'm very, very, very interested to see how we all see it does. Could he blow up the tote board, or will he just regress back to his previous races? I don't know. I'm interested, and we all see it. We got some comments. Let's see what people have to say about this race here or others. Um, again, we have a lot of the same people commenting. I know there's a lot of people watching right now. Uh, let's get some other people commenting. I love the comments, um, but let's get some other people. Jim is singling in due time. Jim, I've got no problem with that pick. I, I, I think he's the best horse in this race. And I think he's the best horse in this race by a few lengths, if he can run back to his last race. Um, those are the points, I believe. So I was wrong with the 2010-5. Thank you, Paul. I'm assuming Paul is correct. The point totals are 28-4-2 uh, for this race. And Trish uh, likes Call Me Midnight a bit also, as he is talented. All right, let's get on to... We have two more races to talk about. I'll go through these a little more quickly. Again, thank you very much, everyone, for joining the show. Greatly appreciate uh, everyone watching and listening uh, tonight. There is my picks for the Jenny Wiley. This is always one of my favorite races of the year as I go ahead and bring up the Jenny Wiley here. Don't let me take the banner down. The Jenny Wiley is race 10. It's the penultimate race. Again, the weather and the turf's going to be great. It's a grade one. It's uh, one of the best races for filling mares on the turf all year long. $500,000, mile and 16th on the turf. It's a very small but a very good field. And this race we don't talk about too much because it's going to go through the two Chad Browns, uh, Shantasara and Regal Glory. Shantasara is the slight morning line favorite. I do not have a lot to say about this race. I will say first that Scarabea, the one, is entered into a race, I believe, tomorrow, Friday, um, so I believe Scarabea is, I don't know for sure. My guess is Jack Sisterson would uh, have her go in the race on Friday instead of this one. I don't think she can win uh, this race at all, but it's a great one. Maybe, you know, she wants to get some um, black type earnings for Scarabea. So maybe she will run in this race, but I don't think she has uh, any chance. Listen, it, it goes through the two monster Chad Brown horses. Shantasara, um, 
when she ran in the pucker up and I saw her in person that day, she was absolutely awesome. That was her coming out party. I loved her that day. Um, I got nine to five, which I thought was a steal. She is a serious, serious Philly. She's going to have a huge year. Probably Chad Brown's best turf Philly he has in, in his barn. Um, my only concern with Shantasara is this race is a mile and the 16th. I think Shantasara wants more distance and it's coming off a layoff, but she's working well. She's going to be very tough if she's anywhere near she was last year. And the other one I'm going with is Regal Glory, who does have recency. She's a six-year-old already. She's got more tactical speed than Shantasara, and she has recency. Uh, so to me, it's going to be one of these two. I'm going with Shantasara on top. I'm going with Regal Glory in second. Um, the, there's two reasons why I'm going with Real Glory behind Shantasara. Number one is Real Glory. This is a mile and a 16th. I think Real Glory is better going a mile. I think if you look at the PPs, I, I don't think she's as good with that extra 16th. And the other factor is never to lower the five for Rusty Arnold and the sixth Lady Spite Spear. They both have speed. So Regal Glory can obviously close and win. I mean, she did it last time. Um, but I think she's better up front. And most importantly, I think she's better going a mile. I think the extra 16th and a mile might do her in. I think Shantasara is more talented. If she's ready, I think she wins. Um, Flavian's on Shantasara. Look, there's nothing wrong with Jose Ortiz. Jose Ortiz is fantastic. But you'd have a hard time convincing me that um, Flavian is going to go on Chad Brown's least likely winner of the two because uh, Flavian Pratt's getting a ton of love right now from Chad Brown. So I'm going three, four, six, really not too much to add there. It's going to be one of the Chads. Let's go to the last race on the card. Uh, let me take this down. This will close. I see we do have some more uh, comments. I will uh, actually let's, let's jump in on a few more comments. Let's see here. Uh, Valid Place. Valid Place, you were here last week. Thanks for watching the show. Uh, he likes Major General. Okay. Uh, Major General's going to have to step up quite a bit, Valid Place, but I'm sure he's capable. I mean, he's probably talented enough. He just hasn't shown yet on the track. So uh, Valid uh, Val Place is going with Major General. Um, Henry, Henry, thank you very much for watching the show. What a great picture, by the way. I'm assuming that's your family. What a nice picture, Henry. Thanks for joining the show. Ralph's got a question. Do I think Pratt will be Chad Brown's go-to rider over the Ortiz brothers in New York since Pratt is moving to New York? Wow. That's a great question, Ralph. Let me save that for the end of the show. Great question, Ralph. Um, I will answer that. Uh, and then Trish likes Shanta Sara. Yeah, her Queen Elizabeth, Trish, was awesome last year. I'm a big fan as well. Let's go to the last race of the sequence here. It's an allowance race. It is also seven furlongs. It's that same condition as the first leg. Optional claiming um, N3X. 62.5 is the claiming price if they're in for the tag. Seven furlongs. Just a purse of $120,000 again. So this is basically a split of that previous race. There's a field of 11. I can't quite even cut all on screen. There are 10 of the horses on screen, you can see. 
and the 11th race there is Chalkin Bar. The very heavy favorite, I think this is a worthy favorite, is the Chad Brown Flavian Pratt horse coming off the layoff, the number four. Highly motivated. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the PPs. There we go, of the last race there, and I'll go up with my picks. I'm going with the Moyline favorite, highly motivated. Uh, here's how I feel about this race in general. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna put myself back on screen a little bit. Uh, to me, it's either highly motivated, it's this horse right here, or it could be four, five, six others. I, I just, if highly motivated is ready, he's going to win. He's got to get, you know, he's got to get the right trip. He's got to be ready, blah, blah, blah. He's been working well. Chad is good off layoffs with his dirt horses, but he's not like, a superstar. He's not like Todd Pletcher off layoff. So there's no guarantee this horse is ready. But listen, he finished. Uh, he almost beat Essential Quality in, in the Bluegrass. Um, two starts back in the uh, at Keeneland here. He didn't run well in the Kentucky Derby. He had a, a bad trip and didn't work out. He ran well in the Gotham. Listen, he was a nice three-year-old last year. Um, where has he been? I have not heard the reasons why. I'm assuming he's had some physical issues. That's not a good thing, for sure. Um, but I am also sure that Chad's got him ready to go today. Fully cranked, ready to go to win? No guarantee. I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole at 8 to 5. No way. He is not. I don't think he's going to be a lone A for me. I've not finalized any pick five tickets. I've got to see scratches, etc. I don't think it'd be a lone A. The problem in the pick five here, if he's not a lone A, you go many, many different ways. So that's the tough thing I have for me from a ticket construction concept is if he's not your lone A, I mean, how many other A's do you want? So that's something that, that you have to decide. Uh, the horse that I have in second is a horse I've talked about on the show last year. Ducale, a nice newly turned four-year-old for Brad Cox, ran some very nice races last year at at Saratoga, at Keeneland, in Kentucky, um, at Churchill. I think he's better going a bit shorter. This is seven furlongs. I think that hits the horse right between the eyes. I think a mile is slightly too far. Last year, he was a little goofy. He was a little bit immature. He's been working very well. He's got a bullet down at the fairgrounds. He's got nice works uh, at Churchill, including another bullet. This is a very nice horse. He's got an outside post. He's tactical. He doesn't have to have the lead. Uh, if he can step up a little bit last year, he can absolutely run with highly motivated. He's 5-1, to one, I see, in the morning line. I like that price on this horse, 5-1. to one. Very interesting, Ducale. He's probably my other A in this race. If I was only alive to highly motivated and Ducale, um, I'd be okay with that. In, in a big pick five, I'd go for it. The horse I have in third is a bomb. And I knew he'd be a price. Again, I did not see these morning lines. And I do have to show a replay here. There are three horses. I'm going to take this off, take myself off. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy these replays. I think it's important. I don't – listen, we could be on for two hours if I show every replay. Certain replays matter, especially when there are multiple horses coming out of the same race into the race we're watching. I'm a little bit interested in Awesome Jerry. I don't know if he can win. But I think the three awesome Jerry would be a fantastic horse to use underneath in your exactas and your trifectas at a big price. Let me show you a replay. And this replay 
reminds me a little bit of some replays I've showed last year where there are multiple sneaky trouble for a horse. So let me show you. There's three horses in this race. You can see on the screen. Chocolate Bar is in the race on Saturday. Soup and Sandwich is also in the race on Saturday. And there's Awesome Jerry. Um, Chocolate Bar is the three in this race. You can see Soup and Sandwich is the 10. And then Awesome Jerry is the nine. So again, watch the three, nine, and 10 as I roll. But really pay attention to the three. Awesome Jerry. Now, uh, let me go ahead and fast forward this. Awesome Jerry breaks fine. He's right there. Again, 3, 9, 10. Awesome Jerry breaks fine. No real issues there. Let me fast forward in the places that I want to go to here. Okay, let me freeze it right here. Let me freeze it right here. Here's Awesome Jerry right here getting a perfect trip on the inside. You're probably saying, Howard, what's the problem? I don't see any issues. Here's the 9. Here's the 10. Soup and sandwich is the 10 right here. And here's the nine also coming out of uh, this race. Let me roll it through. I don't think we missed. I, th I, I, think we're, I think we're good. All right. So, again, he's getting a nice trip. Um, you know what? Yeah, we're good. Eh, hold on just one second. I don't know if I always missed. No, you know what? I screwed up. Awesome. Sorry about that. I knew something was wrong. Let me back up. Awesome Jerry's the nine, guys. I'm so sorry. Awesome Jerry is the nine right here. Excuse me. This is Chocolate Bar, the three. And this is Soup and Sandwich, the 11. Again, apologize. Soup and Sandwich right here. Uh, chocolate Bar getting a perfect trip. This horse right here, Awesome Jerry, the nine, is the one I'm interested in most. Let me back up again. Watch the nine, okay? First, you're going to see, right, he breaks okay, but uh, and he's in a decent spot. But right there, you see he got bumped right there and got and steady and lost some action. Let me show that again. Again, right here, watch the nine. Right there, gets bumped, side swiped, and the jock had to take up a little bit on him. Lost some position, lost some momentum. And now, Awesome Jerry is not even on in the screen right now. Oh, let me back up a little bit. Okay, so Awesome Jerry's right here in between horses. That's not the end of the trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead a bit forward here. Again, he's taking a lot of dirt. He's right here in between horses. Now, to me, it looks like he's got some horse. Watch what happens here. The six backs up into the nine. And look, do you see how he's right? Look, do you see how he's steadying back right there? And now he's now he's out of the screen. He just lost, what, two, three lengths. Watch this again. Again, this is not in the comment line. I'll just let you watch the nine. You can think for yourself. He's following the six. He he has to check and steady back, and he loses a bunch of position. He's completely out of the screen. I'm just going to let it run. Again, here's Soup and Sandwich, the 10 moving up, and here's Chalket Bar. Where's the nine? Austin Jerry's nowhere to be found. Now here he is again, re-rallying right here, wide under the whip, re-rallying. I'm just going to let you watch the end of it. He sort of is even after that. I mean, he doesn't like come with like a monster, monster close. But he already had trouble at the start. He had he got legit shuffled back there on the backstretch. And you're going to see, again, here's Chocolate Bar. Here's Soup and Sandwich. And you see Awesome Jerry did not give up. And I'll just freeze it here. Look it. Look. Hello. Did I get anyone's attention? After all that, 
Awesome Jerry only loses the soup and sandwich by a length and the chocolate bar by two lengths after and chocolate bar got an absolute dream trip. Uh, there are a lot of interesting things going on in that race. Sorry for the original screw up there with the wrong number. It's been a long day. Awesome Jerry is 20 to 1. Do I have anyone's attention yet? At least underneath, guys. At least underneath. Awesome Jerry might be awesome on Saturday. I don't think he classes up at all. Let me just say flat out. With highly motivated and probably Ducale. But to throw underneath in your exactas or maybe your tries or if you play supers at like 25 to 1. A lot of things I like a lot about what I just saw from Awesome Jerry. It's not like he hasn't run bad races before. He ran an 88. You see, you know, an 84. Um, it's it's maybe he's on the he's only a four year old. I don't mind uh, Corrales. He's got a uh, uh, he works slowly anyway. I'm not concerned about the slow works. I don't know. I'm a little bit interested. There's just horse in this race that I don't like. All right. Um, Escape route, by the way. I'm not sure he wants seven. He's a nice horse. I'm not sure he wants seven furlongs. He's three to one. I mean, I don't want soup and sandwich. Uh, <clears throat> maybe he's improving a little bit, but he got a pretty darn good trip. And you just saw that um, he almost, awesome Jerry almost beat him last time after soup and sandwich got a perfect trip. So why do I want soup and sandwich out of that race? Um, again, who else there? Uh, and, and, and here's, there's chocolate bar. Chocolate Bar was the three horse that you saw in that replay with a dream, 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 dream trip. And Awesome Jerry was only two lengths off him. And Chocolate Bar is six to one morning line. And Awesome Jerry is 21 morning line. Anyway, all right, there you go. I think we've gone on uh, uh, enough. Uh, my picks again in that race are four, eight, three. I'm using Awesome Jerry underneath in the pick five. I'm going to use him defensively. Probably he's a C, maybe a B. Um, he's one of my long shot plays underneath of the day at Keeneland. He's got to get the right trip. A lot of things got to work out for him. Um, I think he's got a big shot for third. I would I would key him underneath a little bit in second and definitely in third. And hopefully he can clunk up like 25 to 1 in third and really spice up your try. Um, that's my opinion. We've got a lot of people commenting. And then, Ralph, I will get back to your question. I have not forgotten. Uh, let's see here. Um, bu -bu 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 -bu. Uh, I'm just looking here. Paul makes a great point. Safi had a, like a, I don't know, a three to five shot today. That was horrible in the last race. Paul, completely agree with you on that. I'm against the Safi Joseph runners at Keeneland versus Gulfstream in general. But I think this particular horse, because of the trip, uh, maybe can get the money. But generally speaking, uh, totally agree uh, with you. And Val Place agrees with Paul. So, yeah, guys, I'm not going to argue with you. I think Paul, you make a great uh, argument and comment. And Val Place, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, by the way, I agree with both of you. Safi's not nearly as good, but I think underneath he's interesting. Let me show you my pick five, folks, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the show. Oh, by the way, Charles, um, not Charles, Ralph, excuse me, Ralph. The answer to your question is yes. I think Flavian is now Chad Brown's number one guy. I think we've, we've seen it at Keeneland, and I read Jose are there. So I think it's pretty clear to me, at least. I mean, I haven't heard an official comment, but I think Flavian's first call for Chad, which is 
I think it's fantastic. Flavian is maybe the best rider in the country right now. I mean, he's just outstanding. Even when Joel Rosario got the Eclipse Award, I said it back then um, in, in January that I thought Flavian maybe should get the award because I thought Flavian is fantastic. Turf or dirt. So I don't understand. I think Flavian's got a big shot to be – he would be my Moyne line favorite for the 2022 <coughs> – excuse me. For my 2022 Eclipse Award, he'd be my favorite. Here's my pick five, everyone. And again, I'm going to get some water here. I'll let you look at that. There you go. Who said I would single in due time? Or not I would, but you. I think it was Jim, right? Jim Pilars. There you go. The two. Again, not my. This is just a caveman pick five. It's a small, a little bit. It's a smaller one. It's not what I'm playing Saturday. I'm playing ABCs. If I were to play a pick five, there would be. I'm going pretty deep in the first uh, two legs, uh, in my opinion. Um, I would single in due time. Again, it's not that in due time is the most likely winner of the sequence. It's in due time is has a great chance to win uh, while in a race where there's others that also could win. So, again, I think – I wouldn't say he's a separator because he's three-to-one morning line, but you got Major General in there. You've got, you know, call me Midnight. You've got other horses in there that I think people are going to believe can win and could win. But I believe in due time is the best horse in that race by two lengths if he runs his race. I could have singled Shantasara. That definitely would have been the easy thing. I would never, ever, 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 ever – go too deep with a six to five and a seven to five shot and a caveman. I would not do that. I want to make that very clear. I'm doing that on this ticket because those I think are the two horses that can win the race. And I want to make a little more simplistic ticket. If you wonder what I'm going to do, my plan right now is Shantasara A, Real Glory B. That's it in that race. Um, So that's my plan on Saturday as of right now. And then I go four deep in the last race. Listen, I throw Awesome Jerry in there in a caveman ticket because he could make your pick five go from paying 800 to 8,000. So I would throw Awesome Jerry in there in the caveman. I'm using him defensively. Probably can't win, but I think he's fascinating underneath. There is my uh, pick five. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and put my scroll across the screen. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show again. Thank you very much for watching uh, tonight. We've got a few more comments. Uh, let's see. Charles B. Uh, Stadium Nice Source in New York today has played for Kentucky as well. Non-issue. Okay, thank you. I think you meant Safi. I'm, I'm assuming you mean Safi, Charles. I'm not sure. Um, Jim Pilars, yep. I agree with you. If I had to single, I would probably single in due time. Um, and Christine. Uh, teaching how th- horsemen see things. Uh, thank you very much, Christine. I try to envision what's going to happen in the race. That, that's what I try to do. Um, alrighty. I think that's really about all. Uh, we have a lot of people commenting. I really uh, appreciate all the comments. And I really appreciate everyone watching tonight. Uh, hopefully you've uh, learned some things. You've seen some replays of some horses that I personally think um, are very interesting on Saturday. Uh, again, there's two particular horses that are going to be prices that I showed replays of, and I talked about it. 
And what I've learned, I'll just close with this. What I've learned from the best handicappers that I know over the last 20, 30 years is there's nothing wrong with going with a price as long as you have justification. I have some reasoning. I think it's good reasoning. Are some of these bombs going to work out, you know, in the money? I don't know, but I think I have some good reasons. I've researched it. I've done my homework. Um, you can certainly disagree with them. That's absolutely fine. That's part of the game. I think they're interesting. I think it's a great card on Saturday. Don't forget about tomorrow, Friday, the Makers Mark Mile. I think the number three, a tone. A tone at 12 to 1. A little bit interesting. Uh, again, please comment about the show. I don't get quite as many comments below the video player. I'd love to hear any comments you have after the show in the next few days below the video player. And then again, I need your subscribing post. Smash that subscribe button. Smash the thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell. Please tell all your friends about the show. We've got some big, big, it's the biggest time of year coming up. I'm going to give you the best information possible coming up with the Kentucky Derby. Um, I have a really exciting, I don't know if we can get this guest or not next week. I'm hoping we can. I don't want to, um, I don't want to say who. I'm hoping to get a great guest next week. We'll see what happens. Someone who has not been on the show yet. Um, and if not, that's okay. Uh, well, we we don't have to have famous guests on this show. Maybe we'll have some viewer guests come on or etc. cetera. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is going to wrap it up. I think we are all good. Uh, again, please make sure you um, continue to watch the HHH uh, podcast. Support the channel. It would be greatly appreciated. This has been Howard Kravitz, episode 128 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks a lot, everyone, for joining me tonight. Good luck tomorrow in the Makers Mark Mile at Keeneland. And then good luck on Saturday at Keeneland with all stakes races and the late pick five. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Thank you.